joining us again or for the first time just a quick reminder that I am not a licensed sex therapist or um, a licensed sex coach I am simply a person who is interested in creating space for us to explore our sensuality sexuality and eroticism through conversation and inquiry We have some notes and links at the end of the show for resources, and we invite guests with their own expertise and experiences. We welcome love and feedback, especially when it helps us to be more inclusive. Welcome to our show. Tonight, we have a show planned for you um, in which we are going to be diving in deeper into the topic of intimacy. And I think um, I've, I've just been thinking a lot about intimacy and what it means to have intimate relationships with people and what it means to cultivate more intimacy Um, of different types in my life. And I think intimacy is like one of those topics that we all like know what the word means. So we assume that we like know how to practice it. But I think a lot of things, um, especially as it relates to like sexuality, eroticism, sensuality, um, can be more ideas that we're familiar with than, than things that we're ready to put into practice in our life. Um, And so I've been thinking about this and thinking about how I can be more concrete about the types of intimacy that I would like to experience. And so that's how this topic came about. And I'm excited to share with you what I have learned. Let's start by defining, just uh, not defining, because I think intimacy can have many different definitions. And I think it's one of those things, I like to think of certain things as like working definitions um, of things that I have in my life. And so for me, intimacy is a working definition. And that means that in different points of my life, it might mean different things to me. It might mean different things in different relationships and with different people. Um, So for me, a working definition is one that has room for flexibility and changing rather than just like Miriam Webster says, you know, um, colonization of language and shit. But anyway, just to make sure that we're working from the same definition of intimacy, I am going to tell you what dictionary.com says. (laughs) Wow, I played myself with that one. But um, 
So dictionary.com says that intimacy is defined as a feeling of closeness, specifically closeness in friendship or familiarity. Um, And so I think the word closeness is standing out to me and also familiarity Um, because, yeah, when I think of intimacy, I think of feeling a sense of closeness with someone in a very personal, vulnerable situation. And usually that's someone that I'm familiar with, but I don't think it always like has to be. It could be someone that you're getting familiar with, if you know what I mean. Um, I also learned that there are different types of intimacy. Um, and I think we often overfocus on like sexual intimacy. And I know I'm guilty of this because I'm just a huge hornball who's always thinking about sex for some reason. But um, I think that sometimes what I found is that when you hyper focus on sexual intimacy, um, you leave out some of the other forms of intimacy that you write you might be really craving. And um, as a result of that, like you're not like, you know, just in your full being and in your full power because there's parts of your intimate life that might be lacking or missing. So um, there are five types of intimacy. There's emotional, intellectual, physical, sexual, and spiritual. Um, the other thing I learned is that, uh, and I don't think this is news, but I think again, this is like something sometimes we hyper focus on, but, um, we experience intimacy in different types of relationships. So oftentimes people focus on romantic intimacy, um, but there's also familial intimacy, friend intimacy, even intimacy experienced with acquaintances, co-workers, chance encounters, and then, of course, lovers and romantic partners. Um, So as I was thinking about that for myself, um, I think I realized that I've been hyper-focusing on um, sexual and romantic intimacy in my life. And I'm also kind of in a season where things are shifting. And instead of having all these wild polyamorous shenanigans, I'm like at home with my baby and my husband and things are looking a little more monogamous these days. And I have a baby who is on my body all the time and putting his head into my chest and giggling at the sound of my voice. And like, those types of intimacies have been so fulfilling to me lately um, that I found myself wanting to like call my parents and my sister more and um, send them pictures or prioritize going to see them over the holidays because I'm really craving feeling those connections with people that um, I have this sense of closeness with that is more... um, just, yeah, based on being family and having shared history. So um, it's kind of a new feeling for me. And um, and not new, like, it's not something that I, like, crave, but for it to be sort of the center, I think for me oftentimes, like, uh, my interpersonal relationships with friends 
and like uh, romantic partners can um, just be very centered in my life. And I don't think that's like a good or a bad thing. I just think that it it that's who I am. And I learn a lot about myself through those relationships. But I'm just in a season where um, those other types of intimacy are feeling really important to me. Um, that being said, I am also a hornball. And so I am still fucking raw. No, I mean, I am fucking raw, but I'm also joking. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, I am being a hornball. I am doing things, um, that housewives do to their husbands and their lovers. Um, I'm also learn still learning a lot about myself through sex, but I think it's just less important um, to me than it maybe was like a year ago when I first filmed the podcast. So, and I feel like that's life too. And I want to honor that. That is the space that I am currently in. But um, I'm still thinking about intimacy and all its shapes and forms. So I think I want to start with um, this, the topic of self-intimacy, because I think, um, again, oftentimes when thinking about intimacy and the closeness in familiarity and relationships, I think it's easy to think about our interpersonal relationships, but something that I am learning this year about myself, especially like after giving so much of myself to labor in in different ways, in different relationships, is that um, if you don't have a strong, intimate relationship with yourself, it, and if that's not giving you sustenance, then it can be really easy for you to be susceptible to having lack in other intimate relationships in your life. Because if you're not fulfilling that cup for yourself and um, like understanding that you are worthy of that, then it becomes really easy to make compromises in, in other relationships. And so for me, it's been really, really important to focus on um, that relationship with myself. And I find myself like wanting to be out and doing stuff and being seen by people. But I'm, I also know that, um, like mentally I have some work to do. I know that physically I'm recovering from, a really huge event that happened in my life. And so it the universe has been telling me that it's sort of time to sit down. And I I won't lie, like that's been a challenge. I talked about it a few episodes ago and I even cried about it. Um which is okay. Tears are good. They're healing. Um but also after the tears, it's important to be able to tap into self and be a source for self. And that's something that I am personally working on. Um, so in thinking about self-intimacy, those are some reflections that I have. Um, in terms of like what self-intimacy is, I feel like this is another thing that has a working definition and that 
I think every person has their own definition of what intimacy is and then what self-intimacy entails for them. But for me, um, I think it's, like I said, being able to pull from self as a source and be my own sort of sustenance and worthiness. And then also um, like recognizing and having awareness around the places that I'm still growing. And, and for me, that even means like not shitting on myself and being so hard on myself and talking negatively to myself, but really honoring that I'm like on a journey and I'm constantly learning um, and giving myself grace and softness feels like self-intimacy to me. And then um, lastly is like just feeling a sense of closeness with myself. So spending time alone in solitude, doing things that I really like either with myself or with other people, um, but cultivating that sense of closeness um, with myself where I feel good about who I am. That's that's my definition of self-intimacy. And I feel like this would be a really good place for you to think about your own. Um, but I also want to talk about some um, exercises that help to cultivate self-intimacy. And um, I have some things that I do that maybe I'll talk about. Or I feel like I have talked about some of them, but... Um, I'll talk about them towards the end, but I, uh, these I pulled from, uh, check the episode notes cause it'll be in there. I can't remember which website it was, but I've been drinking rosé, um, self-intimacy exercises. <laughs> the first one is, um, have regular quiet time, uh, and, the one thing I'll say about I've been thinking a lot about sound and noise lately, and I've been realizing that a lot of times for me in my life, there's background noise. I'm like always listening to podcasts, audiobooks, watching TV, like there's a lot of inputs. And so I think also just recognizing that quiet time can look like different frequencies as well. I lately um, have taken to turning everything off and just like sitting in silence while I do um, homework or while I'm reading. And for me, that's never the case. I'm always like listening to music and texting and I have 500 tabs open at the same time that are maybe having other things going on. I don't know. But um, yeah, just like learning to turn those frequencies down. Um, and whether that be like being mindful of the sound that you're ingesting or even just um, like turning screens off that I do that a lot. I've been trying to take breaks from my phone um, and letting it die and not turning it on just so that I can have alone quiet time. Um, I feel like that's been really powerful for me. Another self-intimacy exercise is to take a best friend's or an inner child perspective as you approach yourself. Um, and this is something that I kind of learned to practice in therapy. Um, I ta I've talked a little bit about my therapy journey, but um, one, of my, one of my first 
interactions, was doing inner child work. And my therapist used to always say, um, and I was a teacher at the time too, like, if you were thinking about your daughter, like, what would you have wanted for her? And that was a really helpful sort of perspective for me to think about myself in. Or she would say, like, if you were talking to one of your friends about this decision, like, would you be so hard on her? Or what advice would you give her? And that that forced me to realize that, one, a lot of the things that I would want for my friends are, like, 10 times more pure than the way that I, like, talk to myself in my head. And that's fucked up. And then it also forced me to realize that a lot of what I was telling myself in my head was really negative self-talk. And that um, through taking that inner child best friend perspective, I realized that I really needed to change the way that I talked to myself. And so even now when I'm like not in a good place, I try to say to myself, like, if I were talking to one of my friends about this, what would I tell them? Or if this was my daughter, what would I want for her in this situation? And how would I advocate for her or set boundaries for her? And um, yeah, I think that's helped me um, in my self-intimacy. The third thing is to journal and um, shout out to all the poets out here who um, pour their heart and soul into their poetry. That is a that is a place of self-intimacy um, that I want to highlight, but also like having a journal. Um, and one thing I love about my journals that I think helps to cultivate self-intimacy is when I look up at when I look back at the ones from like when I was like 13 or 16 I just like want to pull up popcorn and just like laugh and kiki with myself about some of the shenanigans that I was getting into so I feel like having a journal is super cute because you can have your kiki moments with yourself especially if you're talking about um, hood rat shit with your friends or like this is the shit that you can't even tell your friends. That's why it's in your journal. You know, like that's a that's a closeness. That's a vulnerability right there. Um, So do that. But then also just like, you know, getting out those those things onto paper like that maybe you wouldn't say out loud or you're scared to like say them to people. You have you write them down and then you're still getting it outside of your body. But once it's on paper, then you can decide what to do with it next, you know? And so sometimes like the self-intimacy is being able to be really honest with yourself. And I feel like a journal can help to cultivate that. Um, I talked about this a little, but another um, exercise they have is spending time disconnected and in solitude. And, um, yeah, man, I've, I've talked about celibacy. I've talked about solitude. Um, I, I believe in it. And I think especially in times when if you're having like issues with a lot of people or with some people or if you're just feeling stagnant or like not in a good place, I think completely disconnecting um, and just being with yourself to think and reflect um, can be a really powerful practice of giving yourself what you need. Um, and then the last exercise I have, this is one of my favorites. It's date yourself. Um, 
even now that I have kids, something I try to do at least once a month is just take myself out to dinner. I really love going to a restaurant or like a bar by myself with a book and just sitting at the counter and telling myself like, no, I'm I'm on a date right now myself, so I'm going to get the two glasses of champagne or I'm going to get the dessert because I deserve this and I'm treating myself. And, um, yeah, I fucking love that shit. I hate, oh my God, if anyone is listening to this, if you see a bitch at a bar or a restaurant with a book in her hand, do not come up talking to her because she does not want to talk to you. She is taking herself on a date. She's there with someone, her book, leave her alone. I, I have literally like traveled to like, Montreal and to where else um where else did I go I went to Aruba I went to oh fuck the Bahamas just me myself and I with a few books and all I did was eat that's our mascot Stormy tapping in hi Stormy all I did was eat food I don't know what y'all thought I was about to say. All I did was eat food. Good ass seafood too. Yummy seafood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I might have met a few young cute people that I just flirted with. Nothing else. And then I read books the whole entire time. And oh, I miss that. I can't wait to do it again. Oh, I love a solo trip. That's the ultimate date yourself. A solo trip. Yes, date yourself and take solo trips. You will learn a lot and it will be wonderful. Um, and not on no like eat, pray, love shit, but just enjoy the world. The world's a beautiful place if you really think about it. So date yourself, self-intimacy. Um, yeah, and I think once we once we have those like connections with ourselves I'll say too for me um being able to like hold on to my hobbies and practice them deeply that also feels like self-intimacy to me like as a dancer being able to go and be in my body and just uh dance in my kitchen or in the studio in a mirror or like on a salsa floor with other people and getting to practice what I feel like makes me captivating and have that like bravado about myself that feels like self-intimacy to me too and I think I may have said this already but like one of my goals in life is to be able to look in the mirror and say I like myself and I really fuck with you like you're dope and not on like some vain shit but because the soul that is emanating from me just makes me fire like inside and out that's how I want to feel about myself and I think through the practice of self-intimacy and doing those like exercises it's that is work on getting me closer to feeling like that and I do kind of feel like I'm falling in love with myself I'm not gonna lie it's not always easy like I'm I'm having a rough time right now but I'm not um beating myself up the way that I used to and I'm acknowledging all the things that I'm doing that are really positive and I'm acknowledging the solitude and silence that I need as well and trying to pour into myself when I can. So, um, yeah.
I, I feel even though everything is not perfect, self-intimacy. That's my plug. All right, moving on. Now we're going to talk about other people and intimacy. <laughs> All right, so um, let's define the different types of intimacy um, that we can experience with other people. And again, these are things that foster closeness and connection. Um, so I'm going to talk about four types um, of intimacy in depth, but I do want to note that I did find find some research that had eight different types of intimacy that we experience with other people, and I think it's worth naming them. So they are um, affection, not sex, um, because there's a lot of different types of affection we can have with people that's non-sexual, especially when we think about the different types of intimate relationships with family members and friends. Um, and then there's spiritual, physical, again, not sex, um, aesthetic, sharing something beautiful with someone, or some people think of this one as creative intimacy, which, oh my God, I love when I have such a strong creative connection with someone. Actually, me and you, Rihanna, have really good creative intimacy because in all of the things that we make together, there's like there is a feeling of closeness and you being able and me and me being able to communicate with one another, to like hear each other's vision, to be non-judgmental about our creative ideas, even like there's a lot of things we fucking throw out and it's never like oh how dare you how could you it's like it's such a that I never thought about that but we do have a really good aesthetic creative intimacy with one another um and then they're sexual um and then they so this one has outer course and intercourse um and then intellectual talking about facts, theories, etc. Um, emotional intimacy, which we talked about. And then there's social intimacy, which is interesting to, to think about because for me, when I think about it, there's certain environments where I can feel really comfortable in. For example, I recently did some open mics and usually I fucking hate doing open mics. I hate standing up in front of people. It takes so much energy out of me uh, to get up and do them that it's almost not worth it. But I did an open mic where there were plants in the background and it was in someone's living room and I could sit on the floor and just like feel like I was a part of the group and just on the mic talking to people and it felt so good and it was it was really intimate but i think for me when i think of social situations um i'm never going to be comfortable in a big ass group of people where oh god making small talk with people i'm terrible at it cuz i want to talk about sex and shenanigans um and theology and philosophy and the cosmos and why are we even here or i want to be in silence you know like it's no in between with me so social intimacy for me looks like being in a space where i feel really comfortable to like be deep with people to get deep to look people in the eye um yeah, or else I'm probably just going to want to be at home. So, yeah, 
lots of different types of intimacy. But when I, so um, in thinking about the four most uh, like popular types of intimacy, um, they're intellectual, emotional, spiritual, and physical. And I just wanted to give some examples of what those are. Intellectual intimacy can look like taking the time to get to know someone um, and to know their likes and their dislikes and who they are as a person, where they're from. Um, Oh, man, I remember this is a tangent a little bit, but I'm going to do it anyway. I remember when um, I was with my previous poly partner and I realized that we were kind of going down like we were just supposed to be fucking and I realized that we were going down a road that was more intimate than that when we were staying on the phone till like 3 a.m. Like we're not even fucking we're just talking on the phone for hours and then we started talking about each other's families and telling each other who was in each other's families and I was like damn like that's very that's a very intimate thing to like get to know about someone um so now I want to do that with everyone I just am like I just want to know everything about you I just want to fall in love um (laughs) so really this episode is about how I am cultivating all these different types of intimacy so that I can continue falling in love with people no I'm just kidding um other times right it's you too (laughs) that's how you know you're polyamorous It's not toxic. It's polyamory. Wow, that's going on a shirt. (laughs) It's not toxic. It's polyamory. And it's ethical. That's how we know it's not toxic. Anyway, sharing ideas is another (laughs) intellectual intimacy. We just did that, me and Rihanna. Um, (laughs) And then expressing your thoughts. Um, so being able to tell people what you're thinking um, about a variety of different topics. Um, emotional intimacy looks like being vulnerable, being able to name your feelings for people and express why you're feeling that way without worrying about their reception of it. And I think that also goes back to why that self-intimacy is so important because if you're not in touch with self and you don't like know how to name what you're feeling, you really can't be vulnerable with other people, you know? So you have to like cultivate that relationship with yourself first. Um, And then feeling safe. And so creating an environment where we're safe to be emotionally honest with people, vulnerable with people, um, letting your walls down, which can be really difficult when someone hurts you or um, if you're not feeling safe with them. Um, And then feeling accepted by the other person. Um, And I think feeling accepted too is not just like I accept you being in my presence and I'm, I like you being here. Even it's like, even when there's things wrong, when things are wrong or if there's a flaw or there's a bump in the road, like I still fuck with you even regardless of that. I think that's really important and feeling accepted by other people. Um, and then lastly, feeling understood by them, which I think comes through like 
actively listening to people um, and showing that you care enough to listen to them. That feels like emotional vulnerability to me. Next, there is spiritual. Um, and so spiritual is interesting because it can encompass so much from like the mystical to the religious to the just like interconnectedness of people. Um, and so the first thing in spiritual intimacy is feeling connected. And that makes me think of like, oh, being able to like look someone in the eyes or like I've talked about those like kisses that feel like you're like being transported to another dimension where you're just so tapped into the other person that you just are fully engulfed in them. You know, like that level of feeling connected. Because I think there's feeling connected like holding hands or getting lost in a conversation. But when I think of spiritual intimacy, it almost feels like transcendent through the connection with that person. Um, and then if you're a religious person, it could look like worshiping together, doing rituals together, cultivating that type of... Um, intimate spiritual connection with someone else um understanding one another's belief um so taking time to like talk about what your beliefs are whether they be religious or philosophizing oh my god that's where pillow talk with lynn comes from because i love just like putting a chin shelf on a pillow and just being like tell me everything daddy or mommy um, or zaddy, whichever, but right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I love those like philosophical conversations where, um, and I love a motherfucker who doesn't agree with me too, or that can like change the way that I think. Ooh, that feels like spiritual intimacy as well. Um, and then a spiritual bond as well. When I think of a spiritual bond, I think of like, again, it's like one of those things that's hard to like name. It's just like, I feel connected to you. Um, I had another, uh, another like connection with someone where it was almost like telepathic. Like we would be like not even finishing each other's sentences, but like finishing each other's thoughts. Like we could just look each other in the eye and be like, I know what you're thinking and you know what I'm thinking and we're thinking the same motherfucking thing, you know? And like so much conversation just happening just through that eye contact. That's for me like a strong spiritual bond that feels like intimacy. And then um, lastly, the physical. So um, I think what was interesting is that one that talked about like intercourse versus outer course. I want to look up the definition of that because I forgot what it means. Intercourse. This is real time learning right now. I love it. Yeah. So intercourse is common penetrative sex in humans. Okay. So that's just like penetrative sex. Um, outer course I'm going to guess means non-penetrative sex. Wow, I'm so smart. Um, non-penetrative sexual activity um, 
which so it excludes um wait non-sexual activity frontage mutual masturbation interesting so you're basically like having sex but you're not penetrating each other i wonder if foreplay falls into intercourse hmm more on this to come <laughs> see tune into season three of adult happy hour <laughs> where we talk about inner and outer course which i think i talked about before but it's all good so that's what it means um so yeah with physical there's like inter and outer course so the literal penetrative sex and all of the non penetrative sexual aspects and then there's like affection holding hands kissing um I think also touch is really important and touching different parts of people's bodies. And this could be as innocent as like one thing I'm really enjoying doing right now is giving my son massages and I like massages, little feet or like um, put my move my finger down his like spine or down the middle of his foot just to see like what he reacts to or like what he likes and I, I I don't know like it's just it's so fun just to be able to normalize like touch and exploring someone's body in a very non-sexual way it's just like you know a mother uh, I'm a mom and I'm just like showing love towards my son in that way um and then I think also um physical intimacy can look like um with your parents like hugging them holding hands with them um, and I saw, oh, I saw this, like, these two friends walking down the street holding hands with each other, and it was so, it was very non-sexual, but it was just so cute, it was just so cute and wholesome and affectionate, and I would love to, like, cuddle with more of my friends. Me and my best friend, um, when we were in our 20s, we used to just, like, cuddle each other and fall asleep, like, she, sometimes she would be the big spoon, sometimes I would be the big spoon, um, and we also used to, like, pour baby powder on our hands and, like, slap the shit out of each other. For fun. Yeah, it is. It's very intimate. I don't know. It was like when, I don't know. Don't ask. We'll talk about that on a future episode as well. But I think just having those, like, I know, I don't listen. It's a whole shenanigan. And it makes sense if I tell the whole story, but it's going to take a long time. So we're going to save that for another episode. This is why you keep tuning in because we just, you know, keep getting deeper. But I think those forms of intimacy and those relationships are just as important as um, the romantic sexual ones. Something I, I, I also am realizing about myself as an adult, too, is that I go to sleep a lot better when I have someone holding me or when I'm like cuddled with someone. And when I was a kid, my parents were hella strict. And so my mom's like, when you were six months old, we put you on a routine where you were in bed by yourself. And like, we didn't comfort you because you were so independent. And now when I'm an adult, I'm kind of like, am I independent? Or was I just learning to do what you wanted me to do? Because I actually sleep a lot better with people just being present with me. Um, and uh, that could be my husband. 
now it could be my son. And sometimes when my husband was gone and I didn't have a kid, it was my dog. You know, I just really like feeling the warmth of another person like next to me. Um, and then again, I did say this um, at the beginning of the episode, but um, I am a hornball. So that sexual intimacy, right, is also very important to me. I love getting lost in people. I love touching their faces, running my fingers through their hair. I love kissing someone's neck or their collarbone or their chest and just seeing where it makes them squirm. I love squirming myself. I love my toes curling because I just can't help but to react to someone's touch. And I think... um, I'm learning that when there's other forms of intimacy involved, it like makes that sexual intimacy even better, which I used to think I could just practice sexual intimacy. um, And that was like the way that I would get good feelings from other people. And even sometimes I would like uh, need to be blacked out drunk to really be able to be that vulnerable with sharing that kind of space with people, which makes me sad now that I'm um, like not in that place. But um, yeah, I'm definitely as I'm getting older, understanding that having a having a really full intimate life with someone and in many different forms of intimacy can really add a lot to that sexual experience and intimacy that you have with them. Um, And I'm learning to look for that and to cultivate that. So I just started talking to someone that I think, like, I think that he might think we just about to be fucking, but I'm about to really be like, nah, bruh, like we about to be looking in each other's eyes and you're going to like, yeah, well, I don't think I want him to fall in love or me to fall in love. I'm not closed off to it, but I think that to me, it's not worth it to have the sexual intimacy if there's not an other forms of intimacy involved. Um because it just makes it so much sweeter. And that's just me. Other people can feel differently. I've definitely been in another season of my life where it was very highly about that sexual intimacy, and I'm not going to judge myself for that. And also it was fun, so I'm definitely not going to judge myself for that because I had a good motherfucking time. But um, that's just where I'm at right now. So with that, we're going to get into pillow talk with Lynn and I was able to ask y'all a few questions on Instagram um so I'm gonna share some of your responses anonymously but yeah um all right so as y'all know sometimes um well not sometimes actually every time we just don't always air it um I get on Instagram And I ask you questions and you respond and it's so cute and I love you if you're participating. Um, And if you're not tapped in, um, please make sure you find me, follow me and tune in on Thursdays to Adult Happy Hour Live in my story where we talk about shit. Well, not literal shit. We talk about 
adult happy hour stuff. But I, so here are the questions <laughs> that I asked you. Um, I asked you guys, what type of intimacy are you currently craving in your life? And um, 16% said intellectual. 18% said physical. 19% said spiritual. And 47% nearly half of the people said emotional intimacy, which was interesting to me because um, this whole like idea of talking about intimacy came from me craving emotional intimacy um, that I didn't feel like I was getting in a few relationships. And so, yeah, I wonder if, I wonder if that's just like the season that we're in right now, or if it's, like we're not ever getting enough emotional intimacy that we want which honestly I'm I kind of feel like it's the latter that we're not getting it because there's a lot of things that get in the way of us being able to experience emotional intimacy with people whether it's ego or um, because of the archetypes we have or the things that we've culturally been brought up to believe that keep us from being vulnerable, from getting to know people really deeply. Um, but I also just think as human beings, like we want so badly to belong to each other and to be connected to each other. And emotional intimacy is a really huge part of us feeling that. Um, so yeah, I'm like surprised, but I'm not surprised. And then um, I asked people based on the answers, um, like what type of emotional intimacy are they craving and what type of physical intimacy are they craving? Um, and so with physical, I asked uh, and people said a soft, reassuring kiss on the forehead so cute um fingertips tracing your skin or just having someone touch you a hand stroking your hair which <laughs> I think is so cute when people say that because as a black girl I'm like do not motherfucking put your hands up in my goddamn hair okay this shit got shea moisture in it there's coconut argan oil there's jojoba Okay, <laughs> do not touch my motherfucking hair. <laughs> the puffs, yeah, they've been set. They don't just sit up here, okay? It takes a little bit of engineering. Um, but for all the rest of y'all, that's cute that y'all like your hair stroked. Um, and then the the highest one that people said was a tight hug, um, which anybody could hug you. More hugs. We need more hugs. I when I was a teacher, I used to hug my students every single day when they came into my classroom. I used to start my day with 23 little hugs. And that's the happiest I've ever been in my whole entire life. Some more hugs, I say. And then I said, what type of emotional intimacy are you craving? And I put three different types of here, but I said <laughs> witty banter, which my husband is a Sagittarius and he fucking loves witty banter. That's like, that's his flirting. That's his like conversation style when he's happy. He loves some witty banter. Um, and um, I also had a knowing silence 
Because some people, for them, emotional intimacy doesn't necessarily look like talking and carrying on conversation. It just might look more like being able to sit in silence with someone. I always say that I become friends with someone when I can sit in silence with them and not say anything. I think that's really intimate. And then um, most people said they were craving deep conversations. Oh, I have a poem that says, I'm like craving conversations that are as stimulating as black coffee. And yeah, that's the kind of deep conversation I like to have where you just get lost in space and time. You forget where you are for a moment. It's just you and the other person there. And not even on no sexual shit. Just like, it's just me and you were so tapped in, eyes focused on each other. Or um, when... You just get like lost in time and you forget that you were supposed to be somewhere at three o'clock because it's 430 and you're like, oh, shit, the conversation was just so fucking good. Or when you can be on the phone with someone for, oh, my God, I think the longest I've been on the phone with someone was like six hours which is fucking crazy because I am not a bitch that even likes talking on the phone. But when the conversation is just so good and you look up and you're like, damn, we've been doing this for a minute. I like that shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I asked people to tell me what intimacy feels like for them. And there was just a whole bunch of poeting involved in that. So I'm going to read some of the responses to you. So one person said, Someone putting their coat around your shoulders when you are cold, taking your bra off after a long day, the point when your laughter becomes a snort. I feel like I could go on. There are layers. Yes. I love it. Um, another person said, intimacy feels like a warm cup of hot cocoa while snuggled in a warm blanket and watching your favorite TV show slash movie. It feels like safety that won't harm you. It feels beautiful when shared correctly. Love. Um, another person said... OMG, this about to get specific and poetic, but intimacy to me feels like 2 a.m., a cool fall, early morning, wine drunk, cuddling face to face in front of the open balcony, the cool breeze flowing in over our bodies, but our heat is keeping us warm, having deep intellectual conversations, listening to them spew their philosophical shit, laughing, that inevitable, witty, but endearing bantering we can't help but do, squeezing each other tighter, sighing at the feeling of safety in your arms. You're massaging the nape of my neck and forehead kisses, sleep, waking up by their gentle morning kisses all over my face. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So cute. Um, all right. And then someone also sent me this just reflection about um, experience, experiencing intimacy and sort of the difficulty of it. 
um, in response to some of what people shared. And I just thought it was really poignant. So I wanted to share their word with us. It says, um, I truly think it depends on who and where we are placing our vulnerability. Um, because not everyone is worth intimacy, I think. Safety and transparency have to be established, nurtured, and discerned. I think a lot of people confuse the desire for intimacy as sexual desire, just like you put it. So sometimes it can feel like a lie, but it's because that person doesn't either have the capacity or doesn't know the difference between sexual desire and craving intimacy. That makes me wonder. If sometimes when we think we're craving romantic and sexual intimacy, if we're, if we're actually just like craving intimacy in general in our lives, and if there's other ways that we can cultivate it through self-intimacy especially, but then through familial, friend, work, um, other types of places in our lives. So anyway, this was such an amazing conversation that you guys engaged in with me on Instagram and that um, was sparked by just thinking about how to get more intimacy in my life. And it's something I'm continuing to think about. I'm continuing to think about. I'm continuing to think about those working definitions that I have for intimacy and how they're changing now that I'm a mom, now that I'm stepping into new relationships and um, time and space in my life. But I guess more to come and I look forward to it. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Adult Happy Hour and have a good night, y'all. Before we go, want to give a few shout outs. First, to our wonderful, dynamic, just illustrious, beautiful producer and sound engineer, Rihanna Simone, um, who is in the studio with us every week producing and making sure we sound good and making sure everything makes sense um if you want to see more of her work there'll be links to her social media in the description for our show um and also our theme song is produced by rihanna natural phenomenon and features poetry by me and the beautiful angelic full voice that sounds like honey timbriel you can find her social media and links also in our description and you can even find a link to natural phenomenon on spotify if you'd like to hear the whole thing which you do so go give it a listen (laughs) and one thing i love about adult happy hour is we have a wonderful community of listeners and this all started with an instagram post which led to weekly discussions sharing resources learning and so much more I get so excited when y'all see me in public and tell me you've come from something you've heard on the show or when you DM me to tell me you did some kinky shit and I want us to continue having moments.
moments like this. If you learned something tonight, or if you really just enjoy hearing us giggle, join us on Patreon, where you can hear behind-the-scenes shenanigans, hotels, and conversations that just get deeper and juicier. It also helps us to continue bringing you the content that you love, so follow the link in our bio, and if you're not already following us on Instagram, what are you doing, JK? Um, You can find me at Poetry and Tings, and we do adult happy hour in my story every single Thursday. I cannot wait to hear from you, and thank you so much for supporting us.